Good morning, my friends. Somewhere out there, it's Saturday morning. Here in Utah, it's just after 2 a.m. Mountain Standard Time. <laughs> April the 8th, 2023, Boblimtok. This is the time... Yeah, this is the time our Lord spent in the cave, in the tomb. There was a rock. It was kind of big. Big old rock in front of a tomb. And sometime tomorrow, the stone gets rolled away. Sometime tomorrow, the stone gets rolled away. Sometime tomorrow, some women are quite shocked. Sometime tomorrow, there are apostles who are confused. Because something impossible happened. Because our Lord Jesus Christ rose from the grave. Yeah, this isn't a religious or spiritual or Christian podcast at this moment. I'm simply talking. Um, This isn't even a podcast with an outline. I'm simply up at 2 a.m. and I wanted to talk. I don't know. You're a drifter, traveling through space. You're traveling in a rocket ship made of diamonds, made of disgrace. You're a drifter traveling through the oceans of time. You're covered in the weird greases of the overlords of the past. The ancient dust of the pharaoh cover your soily underwear. You're simply a smelly old hobo, but you're traveling through time. Yeah, you're moving someplace. You're going to get some kind of nally tamale. That's the saddest tamale. The nally tamale. It stays in the can. It lasts forever.
Yes, you're a drifter going through the city looking for your lover. She went into a shoe store. You never see her again. I don't know, brothers and sisters. I don't have an outline. I don't really care. Sometimes, every once in a while, I just want to talk. And I don't know if anyone's going to listen. Right now, I'm in a weird state of mind. You could say I'm at peace. And in a way, I am. But what exactly am I at peace about? I mean... I woke up this morning and the sky was kind of blue. I say kind of blue because I remember what skies looked like when I was a kid and they were deep, deep, dark blue. But these were a whiteout blue, a greasy blue, and that's before they started spraying. And then a couple hours later, it was a nasty, monctus, kind of whitish blue. But they told me it was contrails. They told me it was contrails. They said the aircraft are just making contrails. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's not a question of whether or not this reality has any certainty to it for me or for you. It's a question of faith. Do you believe it's just one big random accident? Where you just here, you just arrived, you're nothing. You're you're really just a lot of water and some mud and a little bit of hope. But beyond that, you're nothing. You're nothing. You're just a highly evolved worm. And you'll live your worm life until you worm die. And everything is meaningless. And the universe is a giant Dorito. <laughs> And that is one perspective. I know that for a long time, I believed that. 
I believed it was a lot of just meaningless nothing. And in a weird way, it did give me a kind of peace. But in those moments in the darkness, as I would go to sleep at night, I would be haunted by this thought that if I simply go to sleep and wake up the next morning, who is it that went to sleep and who is it that wakes up? Is there any continuity? Is there any connection? I go to sleep, I wake up. Who is it that gets up in the morning? Is it me? Is it you? Is it somebody else? And now, I live on planet Boblimpdok, like you do, and I don't see it as meaningless, although some days I wish it was. Um, I, I know that's terrible, and I don't know if I really mean it, but some days I kind of wish I could believe what I used to believe, but I, I just can't. I can't force my mind away from it. This idea that there's a lot of purpose out there, more purpose than we understand, and perhaps more purpose than can be understood by any mortal being ever. So it's kind of a, an absurd pursuit. You want to understand the purpose. It's like saying you want to know the plan of God. I mean, what is the Lord's plan for you? Who knows? Maybe his plan is you'll make tacos. Maybe the plan is to make tacos. To have Taco Tuesday, Taco Thursday, Wednesday, make the taco out of Little Hippopotamus. I just do not know. I don't know. I I mentioned in a podcast a few a few podcasts ago, whatever, a week ago maybe, that if I am wrong about what's going on and what's going to happen, that perhaps next year I should check myself into a mental hospital. And 
you know, <laughs> it's a crazy thought to think you're crazy. And it's a crazier thought to think you're sane at this point. It is in a lot of ways. If you're one of these folks that needs to believe the things you've been told um, your whole life, but especially since early 2020, you need to believe that there are people in government that care for you, that look out for you, and that mostly they're good people, that it's all Hanlon's razor, and that all things being equal, democracy. If you need to believe these things, you do, and you get through your fucking day, and you do your fucking job, and you balance it all out, and you play pretend. Maybe you have kids. Maybe you have kids that are grown up. And you just keep going through it. I know that I mentioned to my listeners several years ago that one of my greatest fears was not the Alex Jones FEMA camp. That one of my greatest fears was not the unforeseen monkey herpes, which I never talked about. One of my greatest fears wasn't World War Three or World War Four or World War Five, the war against the Wookiee people, or the Sklumptic Wars of the Lesbian Whores of 2067. No. None of these were my greatest fear. The thing I talked about, and I wrote a short story about it, and I, you know, the story was called Morny Dreck, is something I call the infinite gray nothing. And that is that this traveling road show of absurd stupidity, this ridiculous farce keeps going and going and going for decades and centuries. And maybe a couple scientists come along to give it enough juice to expand that production possibility frontier, to keep that macro Keynesian break a window, pop a tire, you know, make some money, don't be a liar, you know, we're going there, right? Um, the infinite gray nothing, which essentially means that for the rest of my life, how much I have left, and for yours, and for your children's, you're just going to be in a kind of mediocre world of grayness and half measures and a lack of any moral certainty. And it will be that, and it will be that, and it, it will just be that. Not forever, because that's way too big a word, but long enough. How about we replace the word forever with long enough? <sighs> and for some people, you know, they might read Morny Dreck and say to themselves, this seems like a utopia. And I just don't know. It's one of those things where you say to yourself, is it just the care and feeding of a human being or any creature that is the point? I, we need food. We need water. We need shelter. These are all true things. We need them. We don't want them. But is that it? I mean, the Lord said you're not going to be, you know, nourished by simply bread alone. I, I'm paraphrasing that a bit, but there is nourishment of the body and then there's this other thing called nourishment of the spirit. And the thing about the infinite gray nothing is that there's lots and lots and lots of really, really cheap post-scarcity nourishment of the body. 
but it is a desert for the human spirit. We need food, we need water we can drink, we need air we can breathe, but is there a nourishment of the spirit that would be lacking in some perfected utopia of mediocrity, some drifter world? I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. When I started thinking about this, and it was probably when I was living in Indianapolis back in 2015 and 16, I understood that it wasn't the end of the world, but that something was coming that would disrupt what we thought of as the ordinary expected world. You can call it the normie world if you want to, but I think that's an oversimplification. And when I was certain that it was starting to begin, I said, listen, folks, it's November 2019, and the great discontinuity has begun. And it's still not the end of the world. But if I'm being honest, the thing I fear isn't the end of the world. It is this infinite gray nothing. This thing that goes on forever that is the most elegant proof that there is no God, that there are no consequences, that the terrible, shitty people of existence will continue to be buttfuckers and shitheads and scumbags, and they'll continue to be the worst of all the worst, and the rest of us will simply be the cattle and the sheep and will be slaughtered, and that's all there is to it. 
and that no amount of thinking or dreaming will, will allow your escape. So go into your Skinner box, stand on the electric plate. When you're told to press the button or press the lever, do as you're told or you're going to get a shock. That world doesn't appeal to me. And, it, and, and the funny thing is, it appeals to a lot of people. It, it's disturbing how many people want to live in that world, you know? The world where you're basically just told what to do. And yet, when you think about the mythology and the legend that you're taught, or at least we used to be taught, about the American Revolution and about what it meant to be an American, the world of the well-fed cattle, that's not the world we were supposed to build, was it? We were supposed to build castles. We were supposed to build ships. We were supposed to build gardens. We were supposed to build libraries. People were going to be, you know, smarter and more brilliant. They would march through history, you know, changing the world. And not with bullets and not with bombs, but with ideas. We were going to change the world through freedom. That was the cartoon. That was the story, right? That we were going to be... The, the gleaming, golden, crystalline castle, village place on the hill, that we would be that wonderful village on the hill, the city on the hill. You know, we would be the, 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 the lighthouse, right? That we would lead by example, that this nation would be free, and other nations would look at it and say, look at America, we could be like that, we could be free. And that never happened. I mean, I'm not saying we didn't go around the world the last hundred years and stick a gun in people's mouths and say, fuck you, pay me. We did that. But in terms of changing the world through liberty, we failed. We completely, totally failed. We didn't do any of the things we claimed we were going to do. And then it's funny, because you think about World War II and how supposedly we defeated the Nazis. But when I look at our government, and I look at the things they're proposing, and I look at the policies, I mean, think about not just the United States, but think about Canada and the MAID laws, medically assisted suicide. Um, that's a good kind of Nazi Hitler type concept. And you'd say, well, Dan, that's not, you know, it's not involuntary, but Brothers and sisters, as somebody who suffers from depression, um, if you put depression on the list and you say, oh, guess what? You don't like living. <laughs> we can help you die. A lot of people in their darkest moments might say yes. Does that mean it's the right thing to do, brothers and sisters? Is that the golden, crystalline, gleaming, fancy castle city on a hill that we're supposed to be? Come to the Western world, the free world. Come to the free world and get yourself a free suicide. Mm. 
I used to think were supposed to be better. And now, at like what, 2.30 in the morning? I can't imagine it being that much worse than what we're doing right now. Like it could be worse, but not in any efficient way. Like in a in a Hieronymus Bosch kind of cartoonish Marvel movie over the top way, could it be worse? Absolutely. But in the practical, there are still the laws of thermodynamics type world way? No. I think they've maxed out a lot of evil at this point. They really have. For in terms of the diesel and the gasoline and the copper and the precious rare earth metals you need to do the things they're doing, they're more or less optimizing their evil. Everything else is suboptimal. Everything else is filthy and disgusting. But at least when it comes to the evil, you know, they've maxed out the curve. And you know, it's also kind of funny when you think about it, because if you were spending time in the cave, in the tomb, with a stone rolled in front of it, and you had to contemplate why you were there, part of that contemplation, that meditation would be, well, I said I would take every crooked thing that people would ever do, I would take it. I would own it, I would understand it, and I'd forgive it. That's a, lot of, that's a lot to think about in the tomb. That's a lot to think about in the garden. It's a lot to think about while you're being mocked and tortured, and that's a lot to think about in the tomb. Every single crooked thing that any person would ever do every single monstrous thing, and all of it would be forgiven. And then I balance that against, well, but what if, Dan, what if you're wrong? What if it is, or rather, what if you were right, you know, for most of your life and you're recently wrong? Like, you were right when you thought it was just a meaningless, pointless, giant schmuggle. You were right when you thought it was just a blob of infinite, undirected, causal nothingness. And when you found Christ, that's when you started being wrong. What if, what if, what if, Dan? What if you were right and now you're wrong? 
what if you were wise and now you're a fool? What if you understood and now you cannot see or understand? What if you had found all the things you needed and you threw them away because you became confused? These are the questions, and they're not special to Dan. These are questions that clever monkeys ask in the darkness of the night. Why am I here? Where am I going? Does it matter? And if since 2020 you haven't asked any of these questions, then I don't know what to tell you. You know, God bless. You must be living an amazing life. But for a lot of us clever monkeys, you know, sleeping on the floor on a mattress, looking up at the ceiling, wondering if they're going to have the money to pay for rent, for a lot of us clever monkeys, these are questions we ask. And there isn't a very good answer. It's just more clever monkey questioning. I mean, you could come back and say, well, Dan, what if there isn't a God? And I'd say, well, what if there isn't? And you'd come back and say, well, Dan, what if everything's pointless? And I'd say, okay, continue. And you'd come back and say, Dan, what if you're just, you know, an Eskimo? Looking at their thumb, and they look very closely, they see the atoms... They see the electrons, and the Eskimo looks at an electron, he looks really, really closely, and then he sees another Eskimo looking at his thumb. What if, you know, that's it? What if it's just, you know, infinite recursive nonsense? What if that's all there is to it? And maybe, right? Maybe. You know, maybe it is possible that maybe this is all just a big mess. That 10, 15 billion years ago, there was some sort of cosmic event that 10 or 15 billion years from now, the universe will die of heat death and everything in between will be a giant donut of pointlessness. You, you might end up being happy, you might be sad, you might meet an alien, you might find out that this is the only life in the universe, you might, you might, you might, but all of it's a big fucking Dorito, tamale, tomato, taco, it's a giant burrito of pointlessness, and that's it, and there's nothing else. I'm thinking that it's impossible to understand what Jesus Christ was going through in those days leading up to his resurrection. I think it's almost impossible. We can pretend to understand, but I doubt we can. But here's something I'll propose, that these dark thoughts that come to you in the night as you stare bleakly into the emptiness, that these horrible thoughts that sometimes horrify you and scare you and cause you to be sleepless, these things that plague you and haunt you, these are the things multiplied, multiplied really by infinity that were plaguing and haunting our Lord Jesus Christ in those days. And he was 
a happy warrior. And he was certain of what he must do. But what he had to do was to carry the darkness of ages on his shoulders. He had to carry the pain of centuries. He had to put it in his pocket and be a happy warrior. Maybe, sometimes, when we get nervous and anxious and stare bleakly into the darkness, maybe in those moments we can understand a tiny little bit of what he went through. Do I know for certain what's going to happen? No. I have the same spooky intuitions that every clever monkey has. And sometimes I think I'm right. And I think more or less since 2019, I would say since 2015, I'd give myself a B, which is a 3.0. But as far as like having the certainty of knowing what's going to happen next, I don't have it. I have the limited knowledge that you can get at this point from the collective sources of knowledge, most of which resides on the internet, and that is what it is. I mean, maybe it's useful, maybe it's all garbage, maybe it's a lot of bullshit, it's hard to say, but we have that. And then we have our own eyes and our own ears, we have what we can touch and smell, and I gotta say, what I see with my eyes, especially when I wake up in the morning and I look up at the sky, tells me I believe a big part of the story. Of course, they're going to tell you don't look up and don't look at what's going on, but you can see what's going on. You don't need Anthony Fauci. You don't need videos of Wuhan. You don't need any of the fear-mongering nonsense, the street theater, the bullshit. All you have to do is just put down your smart device for one fucking second and look up at the sky and it tells a story. The problem is it only tells part of the story. And as far as the rest of the story goes, you tell me, brother, sister, you tell me. Because <clears throat> I don't know. And I, and I don't know 
I have suspicions, I have theories, not necessarily original, but based upon what I've seen, I have my own way of explaining why they've been doing what they've been doing. None of it has to do with vaccines. None of it has to do with them poisoning us and poisoning us in these really just overly complex, ornate Byzantine ways. Um, you know, I mean, it's kind of funny. The vaccine thing is funny because if they wanted to poison us, they really could just poison the food supply. The corn syrup is everywhere. So if they were going to kill us, why wouldn't they just pollute the corn syrup? They control the corporate structure of agriculture. It wouldn't be that hard for them to do. Why wouldn't they? There are a billion other ways to poison lots and lots of people. Why would they do it by saying you have to take a vaccine? My explanation for the vaccine at this point is quite simple. And it, it came to me a few weeks ago when I was thinking about my experiences at the hospital. And some recent events have actually kind of justified this belief. I think the vaccine horror story is about keeping down costs. It really is. You know, you, you can't tell people about a long COVID without having long lines for disability checks. And at some point, that's what happens. If you're going to tell people there's this thing called long COVID and you could be sick for months and months and years and years, well, guess what, you know, Institute for Health, you just gave a justification for early social security. But if you also tell people that if you go to the hospital, they might give you a vaccine that's going to kill you. <laughs> that helps you keep costs down, doesn't it? I've met people who push the vaccine horror story. And for the record, you don't need a vaccine for a make-believe pandemic. You don't need horse dewormer either. So if it's a question of, Dan, should we take the vaccine? I told people two years ago, two and a half, almost three years ago, no. No, you don't need any type of vaccine for something that doesn't exist. <sighs> and people, you know, kind of listened to me and others and just sort of went and did it. And I would have told you, in a lot of cases, it's probably going to be saline. But the question is, do you need a shot of saline? And the answer is no. You don't need a shot of saline. You don't need an industrial shot of something purchased by the government in some crooked way. You don't need it because even that on some statistical basis could kill you. Why take the risk for something that doesn't exist? But if you tell people the vaccine is killing everybody, and if you go to the hospital, they'll make you take the vaccine. Well, that, yeah, that has a chilling effect on visits. I'd say. I don't know. This is kind of a, a busted up podcast and I should probably end it here. I don't even know why I started it, really. I think I just needed to talk. I don't believe it's the end of the world. I am 50-50, like flip of the coin on whether we're on the edge of the end times. I'm a Christian, but I'm no expert in the Bible. I am no expert in prophecy. I've read enough prophecy to have intuitions, but 
yeah, at this point, I'd say flip a coin. And if you believe in the rapture, then that means flip a coin. In the next 6 to 12 months, people you know, people you love and care about could just disappear or go someplace. I don't know. I don't think it's going to be like the movies. It's going to be like what Jesus described in the Bible, but we won't really know until we see it. We won't understand it completely until it's upon us. And I've said this, and it's not original, prophecy is not about predicting the future. Prophecy is about the reification of faith. And so the prophecy is mostly about understanding where you're at. It's kind of like a roadmap. And so when things start happening, people can say, yes, the Lord said there'd be a stop sign. Guess what? There's a stop sign. The Lord said there'd be a flashing yellow light. And there's a flashing yellow light. The Lord said there would be trumpets. And there are trumpets. So it's Saturday, it's sometime between 2 and 3 a.m., and if you're out there someplace listening, God bless, have a great day. If you want to donate to this podcast, you can, I don't really know that much whether it matters. I don't know that podcasting is going to make much of a difference here in a little bit, Um and the, you could ask rightly so the question, well, then, Dan, why you're doing it? And I would throw it back at you and say, what do you do? What are you doing? You're raising a family. You got a career. You're going to college. You're getting your PhD. You're traveling the space. What are you doing, shithead? Because from my perspective, at this point in time, you can do whatever the fuck you want to do. I'd prefer you not harm others or steal people's shit. I'd prefer you not be some nasty-ass abuser. But the reality is, at this point, I don't think there's anything I could recommend. There isn't. I, I, I gotta say, I've been consistent on this for a couple years now. This isn't really a time we're in for building new things. I hate to break it to you. Right now is a time for trying to protect what you have. And, and trying to figure out a way to survive what probably is coming. And what is coming is a giant question mark that could be the most critical juncture in human history in the last 10,000 years. It could be. It might just be an event like the 14th century crisis. It might just be a multi-decade human catastrophe. Or it could also be the biggest thing that's happened in the last 10 millennium. And you'd say, oh my dad, Dan, that sounds crazy. And you know something, brothers and sisters? It could be. Like, I could be crazy and it could be insane. I am not original. I am not special. I am not telling you something that others are not thinking about. And, and I gotta say, if my alarm was going off in 2019 before the monkey herpes, a lot of people's alarms were going off in their head, in their soul, in their mind. 
So what's the point of podcasting or blogging or bitcoining or whatever you want to call it? I'm a miner. I'm running a mining rig. What's the point, buddy? What are you preparing for? And maybe your response back to me is, you're doing what makes you happy. And this brings us full circle, motherfucker. Because if you're going to ask me why I'm podcasting, it makes me happy. It does. It does bring some joy. As shitty as I am on this fucking keyboard, it brings me some joy. Talking about this bullshit brings me some joy. Pretending there are other people out there with similar fears and concerns that are real people, flesh and blood, brings me some joy. Making people laugh brings me some joy. Every once in a while, I get an email. They say, you made me laugh, Dan. You made me smile. I, I, I had to pull over. If I do that once in 50 hours of podcasting, it brings me joy. If you're going to do the things you're going to do, and I don't give a fuck what it is, if it's flipping houses or flipping cars or doing some other kind of crazy skydiving, hella skiing bullshit, if you want to go scuba diving and visit the, the Great Barrier Reef before it's totally dead, I don't really care. That is your choice. This is your life. As far as your soul goes, there's a roadmap. It's called the Bible. It's called the good news. There's, a, there's information Christ can provide with respect to the things you should be doing for your soul. But as far as the right answer for your daily life goes, probably the right answer is the same fucking answer that it's always been. Find a way to be happy in this world. This world can be brutal. This world can be jagged. This world can cut into you. But perhaps the simplest answer is find a way to be happy. Yes, you should pray. Yes, you should read your Bible. Yes, you should worship our Lord in heaven. But if you're an atheist or a Christian, on top of all of that, I can also say find out, figure out a way to be happy. Yes, indeed, for early Saturday morning, April the 8th, the time between the crucifixion and the resurrection, the empty space, the bleakness, the darkness, the great chalkboard with no chalk on it, looking into the future and asking that question from that point until then, God bless you on this day, and... God bless you tomorrow if you're with your family for Easter. 
and God bless the risen Jesus Christ.